Welcome to the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast with your host, Luke Sawhook. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the first episode of the relaunched, rebranded Hooked on Fantasy Podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Luke Sawhook, joined by Hutchinson Brown. Hutch, what's up, man? What's up, Luke? I love, I love that we were talking about for the show. The intro didn't mention me, but we mentioned it now, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, oh, it again. is good. I don't want to start playing again because I forgot to turn off the loop feature on StreamYard. That's my the bad. The music was yeah. just that good. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's it's just that good, man. Shout out to the, the boys from Fantasy Gazette for doing the voiceover work on that, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that, but they do voiceover just kind of epic. I love the Fantasy Gazette personally. Also, that voice you just heard was Josh Larkey for those listening on audio only. Uh, you can find him crushing it on his on his personal at Jlarky Tweets and doing everything and everything under the sun uh, for the 33rd team. Uh, shout out to them. Follow them on Twitter. Check out their website. Have all kinds of good stuff over there to help you crush fantasy football. All kinds of NFL tools. Just go check it out. There's there's so much going on. But Josh, thank you so much for joining us. And how you doing this fine evening? Guys, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Had a nice weekend with the the Denver Scottfish live draft. My my yeah. friend, co-worker, Jordan Vanek, flew in from Florida and stayed with me for the weekend. So I'm definitely going to get get a good night's sleep tonight. A little tired from the weekend and a big day. But overall, I'm excited with two of Fantasy's uh, young up-and-comers. I don't know if you guys knew this, but when I was, uh, I guess, Luke, when I was your age, I still hadn't played fantasy football. So keep that in mind for everyone out there. It was a, a quick transition. I had the the rigorous analytics, baseball analytics background, but okay. just had had Three. never had never played fantasy football until like seven wow. years ago, something like that. So, yeah. would you say you're like almost like the Kurt Warner of the fantasy football industry? Maybe. <laughs> uh, aside from not liking country music, not being uh, married, not being good at football, not being 225 pounds and jacked, and. Uh, not winning rookie of the year aside from and MVP aside from all of that. Yeah. We're basically the same guy, basically the same guy. That's where it is. starts and it starts and stops. Basically. I mean, you basically, I mean, if you count your, your run with the 33rd team, I think you basically win rookie of the year in my eyes. So, Oh, well, well, thank you. I'm take sure that, Kurt, Warner, Kurt Warner would agree. That. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm sure he, he thinks those are equivalent. The NFL I'll like and... tag him on Twitter later and we can talk about this. Me and Kurt Warner. We'll, go, we'll have a little back and forth. Um, but anyways, let's just jump right into it. We don't have a ton of time this evening. So, so uh, sorry, God. The Scott Fishbowl live draft that you just went to this past weekend. Scott Fishbowl 13, SFB 13. And people have probably seen that all over your Twitter timeline, especially if you're on Fantasy Football Twitter. Uh, Hutch is also going to a live draft this coming weekend. I'm yeah. in the middle of a draft right now. So we're on all three ends of the spectrum. We have a guy who's super deep, a guy who's a few picks in, and somebody who's still prepping for their draft. So today we'll be taking a right. look at some of the, you know, the scoring settings in Scott Fishbowl. We'll be looking at some draft strategies and overall just the best way to attack a Scott Fishbowl 13 draft. Uh, Hutch, why don't you kind of, you know, dive us into the Fishbowl, if you will. So yeah, the Scott Fishbowl, for those of you who don't really like know about it or hear about it, because I saw a couple comments on Twitter asking what does SFB even mean? I don't know the acronym and uh, we've had to tell a couple people. But for those of you who don't know what the Scott Fishbowl is, so basically there's this guy, uh, one of the best people there's I know this in the country. Guy. There's this guy, Scott Fish. I mean, it kind of makes sense. The name is Scott Fishbowl. But Scott Fish, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet in this industry. And uh, he hosts this really nice charity tournament every year called Scott Fishbowl. It's an invitational kind of league. you got to be invited every year. 
and uh, it, it's already locked in this year. So sadly, if you haven't if you haven't applied that, then you're uh, you're not going to make it this year. But next year, if you go to scottfishbowl.com, you can probably look uh, for next year. Or if you just don't want to do it yet, you can look around like May, June of next year for applications and just go to scottfishbowl.com. You can find all the info there. It's an amazing tournament for charity, and Scott Fishbowl, uh, Scott Fish does a fantastic time. You just uh, changed fantastic. his name at this point, right? I just changed his name to Scott Fishbowl. That should be his name. Like, Scott, change your Twitter handle to Scott Fishbowl, please. <laughs> change it to Scott Fishbowl. That'd be great. No, but um, he does an amazing job with the tournament, and uh, it's really fantastic, because especially because we're going to go through the scoring. The scoring settings are so fun. They, I mean, they change every year, and he themes it every year. Like this year, there's no negatives, and there's lots of bonuses because it's all about food, and we love more food. So that's what Scotch's theme is basically is this year, and it's going to be fun to go through this and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of positions that are getting, you know, buffs this year. I think the most oh, yeah. notable buff that's, you know, added this year is going to be the tight end position, getting a full extra point per reception. Uh, let's toss it over to Larky. Larky, what are your thoughts on the boost to the tight end position this year? I don't point for down, too. Yeah, and for first down, the tight end position this year, and how do you think you can implement it into your draft strategy when you're looking at a Scott Fishbowl 13 draft? Yeah, that was the first scoring wrinkle that really caught my eye as I thought, oh my goodness, it's PPR, it's point for first downs, and tight ends get an extra one. So I was like, okay, two PPR, two point for first down. Travis Kelsey catches a 12-yard first down. That is four points for <laughs> the first down. And then 1.2 points for the 12 yards. That is a over five point play for just a casual Travis Kelsey catch. I love that so yeah, much. I look sure enough. Uh, last year, if you had the 101, you should have gone Travis Kelsey. If we kind of like rerun the 2022 season with these scoring settings, he outscored every tight end by 10 or 11 fantasy points a game. So that was the first thing I noticed was that Travis Kelsey is a good first round pick. Some of these elite tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're going to smash like, like TJ Hawkinson's run with the Vikings. He was averaging about 30 fantasy points a game with them. And it kind of made me realize that if you don't get one of those elite guys, you should probably wait because haunted the, the, the drafters that get an elite tight end are going to have such an advantage over you there that you might as well have a super advantage over them at a different position. Right. I think that's always like a big thing that I preach is that you don't want to play catch up and that. Yeah, absolutely. On like an elite quarterback, you miss on an elite tight end. The worst thing you can do is be like, oh, I guess I'll just drop down to four tiers because I need my my tight end or my quarterback. And that's exactly how the person next to you that got like the last guy at that tier is just going to dominate you. Totally. So I, that was one thing I noticed at tight end was like Kelsey, a few of these other elite tight ends. And then, hey, you should probably wait and just cut your losses and try and build up some nice equity at a different position. Yeah, absolutely agree there. And the thing that's really interesting with Kelsey, like you mentioned, he's he was dominant in general. It was dominant last year, giving you a huge positional advantage at the tight end position on a week to week basis. Not only that, but I mean, there were discussions I've seen all over the place to take Travis Kelsey with the 101 in the SFB 13 oh, yeah? draft this year. Absolutely. Tons of people have been talking about it. I'm sure people have done it. I haven't really seen it on Twitter. Oh, I've seen so many yeah. do it. Well, yeah. people I've have been doing it. it, okay? And yeah. I, I, it's crazy just to see how strong of a buff tight end's got in the scoring system. And to your point, Josh, about the, the elite tight end early tier, I think you honestly can be getting some pretty good value this year in the Scott Fishbowl by drafting some of those high-end guys who aren't Travis Kelsey by saving a little bit on the price tag, like maybe snagging Kelsey in the middle of the first round and then going back and getting different positions. Or, you know, you can try to wait on a TJ Hawkinson or 
a Mark Andrews a little bit longer and try to maybe get some value at other positions around the board there. But let's toss over to Hutch here. And Hutch, I want to get your take on the buff to the running back position. Okay. Yeah, so and can I say one more thing about the tight ends? Sure. Is that cool? Sure. So one one thing about the tight ends also, like the, the buff is awesome. I just wanted to say I see Mark Andrews going in the second, and that's personally one of my favorite values. If you can get Mark Andrews in the early second, I see him going there a lot. That's one of my favorites. I think he's going to have a massive season with Lamar and this offense beginning to pass more. But to the running back position, I mean, the running backs get a huge buff in fantasy football this year. And I've been a person throughout the offseason because, look, the fantasy football community overall on running backs, it's been bad. Like, people are throwing running backs in the garbage. Like, you see, just see it on underdog in the first round of fantasy football drafts. Usually in the past two, three, four years, you're seeing like seven, eight running backs in the first round, maybe more. And this year... On underdog drafts right now, currently on ADP on underdog, it's three in the first round. Yep. Three. And the rest are wide receivers and then Travis Kelsey. Like it's a complete switch. And you're seeing top five running backs in the second round of your fantasy football draft. And, and people just don't want running backs. That's what that shows. And then this uh, this Scott Fishbowl scoring makes it very interesting because you get a point per first down and you also get 0.25 points per carry. So every Dude, four that carries per, that per carry thing is the thing that really nasty because that's four carries for a point, four yeah, carries, you get a full stupid. point, which is kind of nice. So what this does for running backs for the running back position overall, it establishes that volume is king. You want guys who are going to get elite volume. And there are plenty of guys going cheap in drafts right now that are guaranteed a lot of volume. A few names I'll shout out. Miles Sanders, number one. I mean, he's set up for a three-down role in the Carolina Panthers offense. That is one you're going to want to get because he's just guaranteed to get a lot of volume as long as he's healthy. And I'll shout out Cam Akers. I know, Luke, you're not the biggest fan of Akers. I don't know how we feel, Josh. <laughs> I like I'm it more than Scott it. Fishbowl scoring this year. Yeah, yeah, Scott Fishbowl scoring, he makes it more interesting, right? Because he's going to get so much volume. And he's, he's just set up for that volume. And then another one I'll shout out is James Conner as well. James Conner is a cheap guy. I know, Luke, you like him. I don't know how we I feel, Josh. Him. But James Conner set up for the workhorse role in the Arizona Cardinals offense. So those three guys are kind of going mid to late rounds, and they're all guaranteed a lot of volume. So those are three players specifically that I'm targeting at the running back position. But there's also plenty of names you can throw out that are getting elite volume, like guys like Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. Those are guys that will get a ton of carries this year that are going to be more valuable in the Scott Fishbowl scoring. And all around with this scoring, it makes it more inclining to go heavy RB because wide receivers aren't given as much as a bonus. So I'm, I've so seen you plenty do of heavy start RB. start three wide receivers though, which is the interesting thing. I think Scott did a really good you job. You are supposed to start three wide receivers to make it tougher, bit. yeah. Yeah, I think it's a You do have bit. to balance it a little bit. Yeah, I think that yeah. makes it a little bit more interesting with the three wide receivers. And then also with quarterbacks, getting into quarterbacks, uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on how big of a difference it makes with the .25 carry and then those first down uh, bonuses for rushing with quarterbacks as well? Because uh, I think that adds a pretty significant wrinkle into the scoring. Yeah, you definitely want these mobile quarterbacks because if uh, if a quarterback gets eight carries in a game, that's two points. And remember, it's point for rushing and point for receiving first downs. So uh, Josh Allen... He doesn't scramble at a truly elite level, but one thing that he does a lot is run for first downs. Hurts, mm-hmm. similar, runs for a lot of first downs. And when I was looking, that was really what sent those guys over the edge was actually the rushing first downs and getting a full point for that. And that if a guy has five first downs as, as a quarterback that runs, which is pretty normal for a lot of these running quarterbacks, yes. that is like 20 carries. 
That is five points for first downs. And running backs generally have significantly lower yards per carry than the mobile quarterbacks. So these mobile quarterbacks that are getting like five, six, seven, eight yards per carry, they're getting so many first downs, and that's really what separates them. So when I ran the, the scoring for last year, Mahomes actually was several fantasy points per game behind Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts yeah. mm-hmm. simply because yeah. yeah, there's six point passing touchdown. That's cool. But that's greatly overshadowed by the points per carry points for first downs rushing. Yeah. yeah. I looked at, uh, I looked at the, like the quarterback, there are five quarterbacks last year that had 40 plus or, or was it four might've been, Oh, here are the, here are the, here are the quarterbacks that had 40 plus first downs last year, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, and Lamar Jackson. So honestly, when I'm looking at my Scott Fishbowl drafts, you swap out Daniel Jones and Patrick Mahomes. You get those five quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Those should be the clear top five taken. I will take them over Burrow. I will take them over Lawrence. I will take them over Herbert because the running gives you so like, we always talk about rushing is the Konami code in fantasy football. We always talk about that, but this scoring specifically, it is like, it is the cheat code of all cheat codes to have that running quarterback. So like, at the 101, if you're taking Mahomes, I'm sorry, that's just not the right pick. It's yeah, Allen. It's, it's Hurts. really not. Absolutely. If, if you want, if you want quarterback, it's Allen or Hurts. I res- also respect the Kelsey pick at 101. I totally respect that. I think personally, because I have the 101 in my draft, I think I am going to go Jalen Hurts. That's yeah, why I don't blame you. Pick. And then also, you know, it is super flex too. So yes, you have to, flex. you know, yeah. factor in the additional value boost for super flex with quarterbacks as well. Um, I've been kind of riding, riding the fire over in my draft so far. I'm three picks deep. I didn't anticipate to go zero yeah. QB. Yeah, uh, go usually QB, yeah. I'm yeah. very QB heavy in super flex drafts, like very heavy. Um, I love getting my quarterbacks out of the way early. I like having elite quarterbacks. because I think they can really carry a team. Um, but listen, <laughs> everyone took quarterbacks in front of me in the first round of my draft. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were kind of like the big, mm-hmm. like last tier break before I started to consider positional players in my spot. I'm drafting at the 111. And in my draft, this is what kind of things were looking like here. So I was at the 111. Fields went right before me. Lawrence went right before me. Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, all gone. Best quarterback available after that, probably Deshaun Watson and the Dak Prescott. So for me, it was either between those guys or some of the top positional players available. So I took Justin Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. While I didn't take a running back because they get a buff, I think that getting an elite wide receiver um, with the start of three wide receivers gives me a bit of a positional advantage, which I thought was you know worthwhile and getting. And then come back at the turn, I got Jamar Chase as well. So I have two fantastic nice. wide receivers. Didn't take a quarterback, which, it, again, is risky. And then came back in the third round, a guy who I really wanted to fall to me was either Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones, and neither of them did. Uh, so I ended up taking Josh Jacobs with the 302. Um, so that being said, I got another one of the top scorers in this format. And another thing that's really interesting is because, you know, normally in a super flex league, you want to get one of those top end quarterbacks again because, you know, you need two, right? <laughs> you, you want a good one. But Jacobs, if you look at the scoring format from this season applied to last year's performances, Jacobs outscored a lot of those high-end quarterbacks anyway, just due to the buffs at the running back position and his workload. Am I expecting Jacobs to have as good of a season as last year again? Absolutely not. I think that he's going to you know, decline a little, um, but I still think he's going to have a significant workload in that Raiders offense. And I think overall my team's off to a pretty good start here with Jefferson, Chase, and Jacobs. The question is, what quarterbacks will they have waiting for me coming back at the 411 and 502 here? Here's a little sneak peek into my future for you. We're at the 408 right now, so only a few spots away. Top uh-huh. quarterbacks on the board here. We have Aaron Rodgers, 
Okay. Geno Smith, Jared Goff, and Russell Wilson. I'm honestly happy with that bunch. I'm not that's, gonna yeah, that's that's a good group. Yeah, it's decent. It's not bad. Yeah, I like if Who I think of taking of those guys, because I mean none of them are significant rushers because there was no. a significant rusher of the group. I would take a rusher, right. but yeah, at that point, those four are kind of those four. I mean, honestly, in the Scott, and one thing I want to say about the Scott Fishbowl too. There are so many people in this tournament, like thousands of so people many. in this tournament, right? Shoot for some freaking upside because if you want to get to the finals, if you want to potentially win this thing, you have to shoot for upside. Sure, obviously in the first couple of rounds, you might want to take some safer picks. You might want to take some guys that will really help you in your league because you can't go all risk because then you're going to have some busts in your team. But there are some points where you're going to have to take some risks and you're going to have to take some guys with some upside. So Make sure you're taking some guys on the upside. I think the guy with the most upside on that, actually, out of those four that you named is Russell Wilson. What? I think, no. I think I think he potentially has the most upside. I know I know it's gross, oh, but I think God. I think he does. I'm I think sorry. that's who I'd lean as well. Yeah. I know you it's really start- take Russell Wilson first over Goff, Gino, and Rogers. Because the I, I, I think, think it would either be Gino. I'd either go Gino or Russ. Yeah, Russ Gino has always Ru- been a Gino's pretty fair. high touchdown oh, rate guy. Guys, I like I like Rogers and Goff. Pass touchdown. I like no, Rogers, Rogers and Goff. Rogers too. Knows there. They're they're the they're the safe boring picks that aren't going to win. I don't think they're safe and boring. I, I think Goff. I think so. Goff's upside is a little capped compared to the other guys. I, I'd say, um, but I mean Rogers is so good. I don't think that he's bad. I really don't. I'm in team that Rogers is not washed at all, and I think he's still really good. And he was playing with bad wide receivers last year, and he had a broken thumb. I don't know. But, I mean, also, it's a new system. And who knows how he's going to gel over there. I think he's going to be great. But, I mean, I'm going to probably go two quarterbacks here. But let's take a look at the skill positions on the board just to consult my advisors here. Let's let's go through the top players and see if you would take any of them over the quarterbacks. Mind you, I don't have any quarterbacks yet. We have T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, D.K. Metcalf, Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, Kenneth Walker, Keenan Allen, etc. Whoa. Those are some really good names. Those are some are. Really valuable names. I mean, when you said T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Jameer Gibbs, my eyes like lit up. Like those are some names that are like, whoa. Uh wow, that's really interesting. I think oh my goodness. I, I think like, I lean quarterback still. I think the only one that really? made me get me a little excited is Higgins. Yeah, I think what I, I'd probably double tap quarterback since I think I like what I mean, you I did at the start where I was talking before. It's like if you rather than just like grabbing the guy that's in a different tier, you switch positions. You knew that you were going to struggle at quarterback compared to the guys picking at the start. So you took probably the two best receivers by like quite a bit. I think Jefferson and Chase are kind of like up there. They're young. They're probably going to finish in the top five, the, the floors, the ceilings, pretty impossibly high. I think this is probably where you have to double tap quarterback and you ultimately end up with two like QB 15 ish types where you're lagging behind the elite quarterback guys, but you already built up that receiver advantage or you double tap uh, running back potentially and push quarterback and go. Now I've got this elite receiving core and running back core, but I generally am a big fan of the double tap of a certain position at the turn because your big disadvantage is you don't pick for 20 picks. Your big advantage, yeah, though, is that you kind of run the table and make people really anxious about a certain position and try and trick them into being the one where they go, oh, my God, next to, you know, like Gino and Golfer off the board. Well, I've got to get my quarterback. And then all of a sudden people are taking huh. quarterbacks that start to not look like them. And you go, yeah. wow, you just took Mac Jones in this same round. 
I got Gino. These guys don't look the same. So well, that's yeah. why I'm always to a big point, fan though, of that. To, to build off that as well, if you're going to start a, a run at a position you just took, then they're wasting picks on positions that you don't already need. have. Yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. You, so then it's you're true. loaded on quarterback. People take quarterbacks and then the wide receivers and running backs and tight ends are still there for the taking. Also to quick check out on the tight end position, because I don't have one tight ends on the board. We have Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Waller, Ingram, Firemuth. All those guys are still there. So Ooh. I think I'm holding off there. I it's, agree. I think it's time for me to double tap quarterback. Uh, none of these quarterbacks will be a for me at this time. I only have Jefferson, Chase, and Jacobs. I'm also looking to sack a running back and a quarterback because who cares about that? But so Rogers, Geno, Goff, and Wilson. Who are the two gentlemen? You guys are big Russell Wilson. I'd take in Russ and Geno. I I'd take Russ and Geno. Those two are all the way to the bank. Those two have clearly the most upside to me. Yeah, they they both have some mobility. Uh, a little bit. Great yeah. offensive environments. I mean, Geno's playing with three receivers that go in the top six rounds of redraft best ball type leagues with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith. And Jigba. All three could be a wide receiver one in an offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd agree that. with that. Yeah. yeah I mean, certainly on the Texans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Slide any of those guys in the Texans. The Panthers. Our player. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the Panthers. Or the, the, the Patriots. There's a, there's a, there's a few teams out oh, there. Patriots. I think they're, well, if you put them on the Titans, would they be all be better than Traylon Burks? Would like, would you think Lockett's the wide receiver one mm. if he goes to Tennessee? I'd lean yes. At least I think Traylon Burks would beat out. Yeah, probably. I, don't know. I, I think, I think this year I agree with Larky. I think I agree yeah. with him. Yeah. Long term, you want Burks, but I think for this year, I think Lockett's probably still better. So yeah. Gino's just in this great spot. And then Russ actually has a lot of good weapons. I actually talked about this on a podcast this morning. I wish I had that show sheet up so I could run through it. But I basically monologued about everything that went wrong last year that wasn't Russell Wilson. Right. We'll, we'll do this off the top of the head. So sure. uh, Tim Patrick, injured in the preseason. He never plays a snap. KJ yep. Hamler, barely plays. He's not healthy. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton each miss many games. Many. They're not healthy for like six games apiece. That is his top four receivers. Look right. at tight end. Rookie Greg Dulcich. Misses seven games due to injury. He only played in 10 games. Yep. The running back room, Javante, tears his ACL after a month. Melvin Gordon is cut by the end of the season. That's his running back room. The O-line doesn't stay healthy. Nathaniel Hackett, his head coach and play caller, is fired mid-season for incompetence. Pretty much every single aspect of the surrounding supporting cast of Russell disaster. Wilson had catastrophic injuries or malpractice. Obviously, Russ didn't play very well himself, but I like to think that these surroundings were, he was just set up to fail. Right. I guess. And you could say that he was also moving teams first year outside of Seattle. So yeah, I really like Sean Payton there as the new head coach for stability. Obviously drew Brees is a different quarterback than Russ, but I think what Sean Payton showed is that he could design a pretty awesome offense around a quarterback with limitations. Drew Brees was a tiny quarterback and he had some arm strength concerns towards the end of his career. Russ, as we all know, can't really throw to the middle of the field because he's also a short quarterback like Drew Brees. So I think Peyton kind of showed that he can design an offense around a quarterback with like a, a unique skill set. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Russ because last year, yeah. as I had just mentioned, the, the bottom pretty much fell out and there might not have been a less lucky quarterback other than maybe like Matthew Stafford when it came to like <laughs> 2022 yeah. surrounding and supporting cast. Yeah, I actually really like that take, Larky. The more you talk, the more I'm convinced. I, I do Good, like yeah. Russell Wilson. I, I will say I do like him. Maybe I should like him even more. I'm also looking at his game log from last season as well. Uh, granted, this is, I think, with the Scott Fishbowl scoring. I'm not too sure. I just pulled up his game log on Sleeper here. Um, but it looks 
pretty good, honestly. It really does not look that bad, all things considered. I also was looking at his points per game the other day, and I'm pretty sure he finished at QB 20. Again, that's off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, he was at QB 20. Yeah, yeah he, he finished at like QB 20, and he's being drafted as like the QB 18 in underdog, which is just stupid cheap, considering that, yeah, like Clark, you just mentioned, everything that could have possibly gone wrong to an extent for Russell Wilson went wrong last year. So I think I'm in on the back. You guys can convince me. If Russ is there, I, I think you take Russ first. Making this and giant then... public statement that I'm interested in drafting him. I, if I don't get sniped <laughs> by, by my league, I will take Russ. And then I'm yeah. happy with the other three quarterbacks there, Geno, Goff, Rodgers. I like all three of them. Um, it seems like you guys are also team Geno as well for the other one. Is that correct? Yeah, I think if – if Gino isn't available, though, I'd be I'd be very I don't know if I'd do it, but I'd be so tempted by like Devonte Smith or Jameer Gibbs if they're there. That'd be so uh, tempting for me to take uh, one of them over Rodgers. I I personally am all in on those two players. Those two players are. Players. I know you are, Hutch. I've Jameer Gibbs, I have ranked as the top ten me running back. Every day I log into Twitter, it's and I'm there hyping up Jameer Gibbs. I need to make you a laser eyes picture of Jameer Gibbs. Oh, you should. I would love that. I'll do that later. We can arrange that. Yeah, but I think I will double tap quarterback, and I'll probably take Gino and Russ if they're both there. Again, league mates, please don't watch this. You're probably not going to, but if they did for whatever reason, don't look away. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, but that's what that's what I think I'm leaning. That's what I think I'm leaning at this hmm. point in time. And then one last thing I would like to get your guys' take on before we kind of wrap here: kickers and Scott Fishbowl, Larky. Where are we yeah. drafting them? Do you care about them? Thoughts. I really have no no strong takes here. I don't do kicker research. I will be drafting a kicker towards the end of my draft. I will probably just stream them week to week based on matchups. They simply don't score enough points for me to care that much about them. I am in a live draft, so in sleeper, you have to have a kicker start each week. Yeah. Essentially, they score so few points that it's kind of like a tight end when you're in a normal format. And it's like, if you don't get like the Travis Kelsey, you should wait. Right. There's not really like a Travis Kelsey of kickers. It's much flatter. No, it's so, a, it's a very, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the only wrinkle is that you get, what is it? Three points for extra points or something 3. like that? 3.33, my friend. 3.3. 3. 3.3 points for extra points. So, I mean, like all that really does is you just want a kicker in a good offense. Ideally, they play in a dome. Right. So guys oh, that fit the bill. Uh, yeah, I don't even know off the top of my head, I guess. Uh, like Yangwei Koo is probably going to be someone I'd be interested in. I think the Falcons are going to wait score up. a lot of points, a lot of dome games in the NFC South. Lots of dome games. Wait, so wait, wait, that's wait, about wait. the only. That's Is, the only kicker that, that take. A subtle, was that a subtle positive Desmond Ritter take just now? That was not. That was just okay. uh, awesome offensive line. Three top eight picks from the past three years at tight end, receiver, and running back. You can be pretty bad and still be really good in that system. I'll say like right. like Jimmy Garoppolo got replaced sort of when the the team traded up for Trey Lance. Garoppolo had awesome stats, mm-hmm. and I think Ritter could be that where his stats look pretty good at face value. And you say, you know what? Given that you had a top ten offensive line with top five playmakers, you should have done better. Totally. And I think that's probably what we'll say at the end of this year yeah. is that you look at Ritter and you go, oh, like ah, it's kind of middle of the road for efficiency and stats. But when you adjust for the offense, you go, this this is not acceptable. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's a good take. Yeah. I think that he is given all the tools and all the surrounding, you know, supporting cast pieces in place that really set him up for success. But ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know if we'll see the development there to really, you know, give a strong indication that Desmond Ritter is that guy. I think we'll take a little bit yeah. of a, a detour here. Hutch, sorry to interrupt you. Um, let's talk about 
sophomore quarterbacks real quick just to end the show. Desmond Ritter, rapid fire take. I think he'll be meh. Larky, what do you think? Meh, good, bad. Is this in terms of like if he's starting next year or just how he does this year? How he does this this year. Meh. Meh. Hutch? I think we'd be pretty mad, but actually I do want to give a shout out to Desmond Ritter real quick because we're talking about he's an elite offensive corner around him. I think, and, and also in college, this dude was putting up over 40 yards a game on the ground per game in his college career, True. which would be a 17 game pace of a lot of yards. It'd be a really, really nice rushing pace. And we know in Scott Fishbowl this year, the rushing quarterbacks are very, very valuable. So I think as a QB three dart throw, or if you really just tank at quarterback and want him as your QB two, I don't think that's a, awful idea no i actually think i i I will be looking for desmond ritter in my draft uh for scott fishbowl he's gonna be looking for him and he'll probably be looking back at you because i don't think a lot yeah i don't think people are gonna want him but i'm i'm gonna be willing to take him i'm gonna be i'm gonna be one of the guys that are willing to take next quarterback kenny pickett good bad or meh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna say good i think good good. yeah i agree i think he's gonna have a good year it's hard with that offensive core around him and what, like, because what we saw at the end, because people don't like to give him credit, what we saw in his last eight games, he led the Steelers to a six and two record. Uh, he had some really nice throws in that, uh, in that stretch as well. If you look at his, what? Wins are, are not a QB stat. They're not a QB stat, I know. But he did have, I mean, he, have a, he did have a game winning drive against Baltimore. He, he played really, much really better really nice in the second throw. half of the season. As someone better. who watched every snap and of the one reception year, as well. He played a lot better over the second half of the year. It's just the touchdown yeah. numbers for him, really. Uh, that was, like, horrible from his rookie yes. year. The, the and, touchdown interception ratio is pretty ugly. Next quarterback, Sam Howell. I'm going – I'm cautiously optimistic about Sam Howell. I'm not going to lie. No. I think he's going to be decent this year. I don't think he makes the season. I don't think he makes it as the starter for the full season. You don't think so? Larky, no. what do you think? I think, think, so. think Brissett either wins the job outright or Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback. October onward. Ron Rivera, their head coach, is on the hot seat. Yes, when I did my strength yeah. of schedule analysis, they face a murderer's row of teams because outside oh, really? of them facing some tough non-divisional opponents, that division stacked. It where is. we now have the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants all as well above average NFL teams. So I think Rivera's going to try and keep his job and fifth round rookie from last year, Sam Howell. I don't quite understand why people are so excited. I mean, fifth round, like these guys almost never start games. So the fact that he's being gift wrapped, like this chance at a starting job, we should all be a little skeptical. And Jacoby Brissett was actually one of the better NFL quarterbacks through those 11 games in Cleveland. He was late the Browns wins. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he was better. Ron Rivera, you know, you know, you you bring up a great point. Ron Rivera is on the hot seat. These GMs and these managers are all in the hot seat. Like, and at the end of the day, I think what they're going to look at is the win record, the, the record. If the Washington Commanders, with their defense carrying them, can get to like eight and nine, nine and eight, right? Maybe, maybe sneak a wild card, maybe at least compete for one. If they can get to that point, I think they can keep their jobs. So that's what they're going to try to do. And Sam really? Howell, Sam, like they've done it for the past few years, and they've done it every year for the past like two, three years. And the owners and the people are going to be like, you know, we had a trash quarterback, we'll give you guys another year. You made it to this far. We'll give you guys another year to try to get you a quarterback this year. That's what they're going to do. That's They've done it every year for the past couple of years. And Sam Howell is just not going to be that answer. Jacoby Brissett will be the better I'll answer. I'll say I really missed the Washington football team name. I think it's better. The football team Damn. name was so fun, man. That was such better. a fun name. I miss uh, it. I miss I it. Miss and well. then last but not least, Rock Purdy. Ooh, good. 
I I like him a lot actually. I think he'll I think he'll do good things for the 49ers, but for fantasy it's really worrisome because he doesn't run the ball. This offense isn't I mean this defense is going to be so elite next year and he's just not going to be in opportunities where he's throwing the ball a lot and again he's not going to run. He's just not an opportunity for fantasy success. He would need like a beyond human touchdown rate to be able to provide fantasy success. Beyond human. No, I mean I agree. I think, you know, as a Trey Lance uh advocates i i it pains me <laughs> yeah to so hard on twitter for that no i i think he's gonna have a good year do i think he's that good of a quarterback i really don't i'm not gonna lie i don't think he's really that good i think he's kind of overrated um but the scheme is just so good i think he's propped up by the scheme ultimately he also had like a quarterback amount of last season i don't know trey lance needs to get a chance to start somewhere someone free him mm-hmm. i don't care he needs to get a chance yeah. The argument I've said time and time again on Twitter until my head hurts from arguing with people is that he was drafted third overall. He started less than four games in his career, and people are already saying that he's bad. It doesn't make any sense, guys. You can't judge anyone based off a four-game sample, especially yeah. as a quarterback. Well, well, a young player. He needs a chance to start somewhere. Please, for the love of God, I'm tired of trying to defend the man and give him a chance on Twitter. It's It's painful. I do, I do agree. I do like what you're saying, Luke, with that because he hasn't started. Uh, but what uh, I will say to that, to counter, to counterpoint you, is don't. that I know, I know, I don't want to get into a whole debate with you. But look, don't. the 49ers, all their transactions and all their reports and everything that hey, they've done have shown they don't believe in trade. I don't all care. Saying is that Brock Purdy is the starter. That's all they've said. Brock Purdy is the starter. They try to trade him away. Here's, they, here's where I they don't believe in Trey Lance. Here's Wait, the here's the trade because they're the happen. only team that's really seen. They're well, the only team really seen him play. Sorry, go Josh. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it would be malpractice if the Atlanta Falcons do not put in a call for Trey Lance Thank because you. I'm with Luke. I think that's a solid. Idea. It's pretty unprecedented for a third overall pick to not really get an actual chance to start a full season. I'm with Hutch in that the Niners clearly do not like this guy. Yes. It seems like he's at this point the QB three on the depth chart behind Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. But man, if you're the Falcons, you are an elite quarterback or even just like a good quarterback away from being like a potential Super Bowl contender in 2024. And Lance is going to be cheap. He costs probably a third, maybe a second round pick. The Falcons are a good enough roster that they're not going to be able to get high draft picks the next X number of years. I know. So that like elite college prospect is probably not in the cards. Mm-hmm. Third round rookie from last year, Desmond Ritter does not have the talent profile of Trey Lance. I, if I were the Falcons GM would have made this deal already. And I think that's kind of like the, the dream landing spot is that you surround him with Bijan behind him, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, the great offensive line they have. That is an environment where I would get very excited and where I'd be more optimistic that he can beat out Ritter and Taylor Heineke. So I think that solves all of our issues and actually makes the Falcons look like a competent franchise for once. And you're like, wow, they finally made a smart move. Finally, they did it. No, the Falcons really have put together a very talented roster, top to bottom, I feel like, outside of the quarterback position. They had an incredibly strong free agency. And, Josh, don't you love drafting a running back in the top ten? I know you do. Yeah, what I I said to people when they were trying to understand roster construction, the casuals, I said, do you think the Falcons are an elite offense right now? And no one has ever said, yes, I think the Falcons are an elite offense. And I'm like, huh, it's pretty strange that a team with a top offensive line and in three straight years has made top eight picks in the NFL draft 
at tight end, then receiver, then running back. And you don't think this is an elite offense, given that they have the most draft capital dedicated to skill players in the entire NFL. They have one of the best offensive lines. Huh? Maybe quarterback matters. And you should have at least been in the market for Lamar. You should be making trade offers for Lance. It is truly malpractice that a team that has invested this much into offense, I think they're going to have a good offense, but this is still not an offense that's going to keep pace with a team like the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Eagles. No. And for how much invested into that offense, it's just, it's honestly a shame. I really want to trade for Lamar. I really like when the Lamar trade started going around, I was like, the Falcons got to do this. Like, this is something that's got to happen. The Falcons have to make this move. And oh it didn't work God. out. Lamar Imagine Lamar Jackson to Kyle Pitts. Guy. Oh my God. With oh, Bijan on the backfield and Lamar, that'd be that'd be unfair. It'd be like, beautiful. Um, it'd be oh, like well, the NFL would be over. The world it, is a vampire. Hard. Everyone hates us. Um, yeah. you know, it is what, <laughs> it is what it is ultimately. Please, someone for the love of God, trade for Trey Lance before I jump off my please, roof. Please. Please, someone do it. I chance. need it so bad. Give him a I chance. need it more than anything in the world. We'll close on that. Like we'll close on me ranting about Trey Lance because I feel like that's a perfect way to close anything with me because <laughs> that's all I talk about is Trey Lance advocacy. Again, yeah. I don't even know if he's good or bad. Nobody does. And that's the point. He needs to start games for somebody so we can evaluate his talent. And he's the third pick and it never happens before. Anyways, that's the show. Uh, Larky, thank you so much for coming on, man. Everyone, again, once again, uh, follow him on social media. Uh, Josh Larky, at JLarkyTweets. Check out all of his projects he's working on with the 33rd team, his personal stuff. All fantastic work. Um, he's also pretty funny. show with Hutch as the, the permanent co-host of Hooked on Fantasy. Uh, shout out. He's a legend. He's an icon. And we'll be doing a show together every week. We have a stellar lineup of guests through the end of August. Larky being the first mm-hmm. to kick it off. So shout out to him once again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.